Good morning and welcome to Building a Better Cheyenne, a podcast with Habitat AmeriCorps Vista Hubert Ford and Equal Justice Wyoming AmeriCorps Vista Ken Wallace. I am Dan Dorsch and welcome to the first episode of Building a Better Cheyenne. Guys, how are y'all doing this morning? I'm doing well, Dan. Hugh here, AmeriCorps Vista with Habitat for Humanity of Laramie County, as Dan said. I'm excited to get this show going and uh, look forward to it. How are you doing this morning, Ken? Hugh, thank you for um, taking the ball there and running with it. My name is Ken Wallace. I'm Vista with Equal Justice Wyoming. Um, Never a bad day in my life. It's been a very beautiful birthday week here in Cheyenne. I'm very lucky to have a home away from home here in um, Cheyenne, Wyoming, as opposed to growing up in the East Coast. Maybe that'll flow into a little bit of a background talk before I switch back to you, Hugh. Um, I'm from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, traditionally. I grew up there and went to college at Elizabethtown College. I got a BA in political science and throughout college, did a lot of internships and kind of service trip opportunities in health and human services. Specifically, when I was a freshman, I got a really cool opportunity to go to Vietnam with a non-governmental organization, um, Brittany's Hope. I highly recommend looking them up. And had some really neat um, consulting opportunities with health management associates and working in managed and long-term services and supports for um, the state's Department of Health. And some of those opportunities, as well as um, work with um, the Veteran Affairs Committee in um, the State House of Representatives, informed me to pursue a career in um, qualitative healthcare research. I was very fortunate to do that for 10 months from July 2019 to May 2020, but really wanted a service opportunity. And at first, I pursued um, a job with the Peace Corps, but of course, COVID 19 occurred and all volunteers were evacuated globally. So when I was doing some research into AmeriCorps opportunities and Equal Justice Wyoming came up and the opportunity to be involved with legal services and see if I was cut out for a career in law or possibly law school. It was too good to pass up and I'm so glad that I took that opportunity and have been loving it ever since. You, let's hear it. Right on, Ken. I'm also an East Coast transplant, moved to Cheyenne at the end of August after graduating from college in the spring. I grew up in Maryland, just outside of D.C., and went to school at Amherst College in western Massachusetts, about an hour and a half outside of Boston. I studied math and Spanish there, and this AmeriCorps position is my first full-time job outside of college. And for listeners who aren't too familiar with the AmeriCorps VISTA program, AmeriCorps VISTA volunteers are people serving for one year in nonprofits and other organizations doing sort of behind the scenes work. We call it capacity building, where they do fundraising or community outreach, uh, basically any job to help expand the impact of the organization in the community they're serving. And me and Ken here are part of this Equal Justice Wyoming cohort of AmeriCorps VISTA volunteers in Cheyenne. And Ken, why don't you run through the list of organizations that uh, some of the people in our cohort are serving at? 
I'd be happy to. I like how you put me on the spot. Some of our partners in um, Equal Justice Wyoming, um, the organization that I work for, they actually act as like the intermediary or host site. So um, the control of the grants and the projects occurs through EJW. But some of our partners in the state include um, the Cheyenne Regional Medical Center, Wyoming Coalition Against um, Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, the Aging Division component of the Department of Health, Wyoming Children's Law Center. I, I think those should cover about all of our bases. Um, very soon in the future, we're going to have on um, our VISTA supervisor, Leora Hoshul, to talk about the creation of the EJW intermediary site and some of the origins of AmeriCorps VISTA work and kind of how she got involved with that and why it's um, important to her. I, I got a couple of questions for you guys, for our listeners out there who may not be too familiar with this program. Uh, Ken, you mentioned that you were going to go into Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. How, is, how is Peace Corps related to AmeriCorps? I, I would say most um, efficiently, and I think this is also on um, AmeriCorps VISTA's Wikipedia page, but AmeriCorps VISTA is pretty much the domestic version of um, the Peace Corps. It gotcha. brainchild of um, Kennedy. And then it was LBJ who enacted um, the original legislation for the VISA program in um, 1965. And eventually it would go on to be rolled into the Center for um, National Service and um, the Clinton administration. So that's a very quick overview. But, um, the AmeriCorps VISA program, the domestic version of this course, essentially. And, and I'll let either one of you guys answer this one, but um, it's volunteers in service to America. So do you guys get paid or are you actually volunteering free of charge? Right. So we do get paid a monthly stipend to cover the basic cost of living, as well as if you relocated to your service area, you get a one-time uh, allowance at the beginning of your service term to help with the cost of moving but AmeriCorps is not really a money-making endeavor. It's more about the service. At the end of your service term, you can choose between a $6,000 Siegel Education Award, which can go to grad school or repaying student loans, or you can choose a one-time uh, cash payment of about uh, $1,800, I believe. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, thanks for taking the time to explain to us what AmeriCorps is. Um, and like Ken mentioned, we're going to have the uh, AmeriCorps supervisor, Leora Horschel, on to, to get more in depth on that subject. So I say uh, right now we get into what this episode is about. And what we're going to be talking today about is what does building a better Cheyenne mean to us? But before we get into that, let's tell everybody how often we're going to be doing these podcasts. Hugh, this was your idea. Why don't you tell everybody how often we're going to be doing these? So we plan to put out bi-weekly episodes of this podcast. Uh, and in each episode, we would be highlighting the initiatives and projects of Habitat for Humanity, Equal Justice Wyoming, as well as the larger nonprofit community in the city of Cheyenne. And we want to kind of give you a look behind the scenes to learn about these organizations and how they serve the community. And that can be through special interest stories or interviews. And hopefully we'll find out uh, what people are doing to build a better Cheyenne. So AmeriCorps brought you guys here to Cheyenne, but how long have each of you been here? 
I, I guess since I've been here longer, I'll speak first. I've been here um, roughly seven months. My first date of service was um, July 6th, 2020, and I'll be going until July 5th. And Hugh, what was the exact date you got here again? Uh, <laughs> really uh, testing my memory here, Ken. <laughs> I uh, believe I got here on uh, August 31st. I think that was my first day of service. But uh, don't fact check me on that because... <laughs> I'm not 100%. How about you, Dan? Nope, that's right. I remember it. I remember the first day with Habitat, so. Perfect. Now, how, how long have you been in Cheyenne? I've been here since August 2012. I don't know the exact day. If I had to guess, I would say the 27th. I don't know. But it was late August 2012, so we're coming up on nine years. I like the approximation. What have you um, enjoyed the most about your past eight years and change here as far as being part of the community? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the best part um, for me has been getting to know a lot of the nonprofits here in Cheyenne um, and helping them out with fundraisers and getting involved. You meet, meet so many nice people and, and what they do is so important. Um, and then the other, my other favorite thing about Cheyenne was one of the things we liked when we decided to move up here was the downtown area of Cheyenne. It's just old buildings, historic theater, you know, lots of cool shops and restaurants. So nice, cool place to explore. Yeah, I agree. I, I've really enjoyed uh, my time in Cheyenne so far. It's been a little limited since I've only been here during the pandemic time. So I am, I feel like I'm missing out a little bit on some of the downtown Cheyenne activities. <laughs> yeah it's unfortunate to say the least you know hopefully come spring summer that'll that'll change and you'll have some time to really explore it so we'll see ken what about you i'm i'm in agreement with that um wantingness to explore um downtown more um, when i first got here i really spent a lot of time running around holiday and lions parks um big runner with that and also taking the occasional trip to um, Daniel Marks, probably favorite microbrewery in town. Um, they do a lot of generous fundraising work for um, our respective organizations. But in the past month or so, one thing I've gotten to do to kind of branch out in the community is to start to do some um, open mic nights at um, Dillinger's Cocktail Club on um, Lincoln Way. And that's been a privilege, especially trying to gauge what like the local sense of humor is like and kind of like that Western experience. So I've been very lucky. Uh, to be a part of that 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 that's interesting that sounds like its own podcast in itself right there <laughs> <laughs> there will be some it, i'm actually it's going to intersect with uh, my service in the near future um the wyoming department of health aging division they were having um, difficulty with um, morale and burnout amongst their senior center directors so myself in combination with the local um, actor and comedian talent dom syracuse will be doing a 15 minute set for their senior center directors. So I Very can't cool. that. It'll be more of a like a corporate business type of comedy presentation, but I'm so lucky that I was able to take that outside involvement and like bring it back into the AmeriCorps type work. Yeah, that stuff. That sounds so cool. And uh, it really kind of underscores one of the uh, strengths of the Cheyenne community, which is the willingness and openness to collaborate. And that's especially important in the nonprofit world. And in my opinion, Cheyenne has a really strong nonprofit community, which 
we are really lucky for as AmeriCorps uh, volunteers. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Absolutely, Hugh. And, and, and with the community in mind, I think we should move to our main topic to today. And, and that is, what does building a better Cheyenne mean to us? For, for me personally, what that means is bringing people together despite our differences. Like you said, Hugh, there, there is a lot of collaboration here. Um, but I feel at times there's ideologies that clash, even though we may be wanting the same goal. And I hope some of this podcast that we do allows people to say, you know what, well, that's kind of how I feel too. And maybe we can bring more people together. So that's what it means to me. Dan, that is a uh, great answer. And I certainly echo those sentiments. For me, I kind of took an approach to this question in terms of housing, because that's what we're all about at Habitat and what's been on my mind. So I know we're going to take a closer look at Cheyenne's housing situation in later episodes, but for the moment, I think a better Cheyenne looks like a place where everyone has a roof over their head, where hardworking families don't have to worry about making rent each month, and where people have access across the board to affordable home ownership opportunities. And of course, there is so much more that goes into building a better city and community than, than just housing, but that, that is the part that has been circling around in my head. Um, Ken, how would you approach this question? So I've had this on my mind throughout the week, and I'm not sure if you two know this, but Wyoming was the first state to adopt code of ethics. So I had that pulled up, and I'm going to give it a quick read through because it does play into my answer. And one through 10, I'm going to just read it down the list. Leave each day with courage. Take pride in your work. Always finish what you start. Do what has to be done. Be tough but fair. When you make a promise, keep it. Ride for the brand. Talk less, say more. Remember that some things are not for sale and um, know where to draw the line. So in reading through those 10 um, principles, they elicit um, a vibe of kind of a rugged individualism. And I think if anything, what the COVID-19 pandemic has taught us is that individuals you know, despite a lifetime of hard work and sacrifice and through no fault of their own can fall hard and quick on fast times. And, and just these, these 10 principles that we have are very honorable things to strive after for the individual. But I would like to see it extend to more of a social contract in Cheyenne and across the state of Wyoming. How can we look out for our neighbor so that when they do fall on um, hard times, they are aware of the social services nonprofits or organizations around that can help get them back up on their feet. So that's my goal for building Better Cheyenne. Well, we kind of talked about why we started this, right? We want to reach out, let people know, you know, show the wizard of Habitat, if you will, go behind the curtain and also with Equal Justice Wyoming. And we're going to talk to businesses. We're going to have other nonprofits uh, to really help shed light on what's going on in Cheyenne and to build a better Cheyenne. What are, Ken, what are you most excited about with this podcast? The thing I'm most excited about is to um, continue creating like light bulb moments off air and on air with um, the guests and vistas we have on. I think there are so many opportunities that are ripe for um, collaboration or partnership between our um, respective um, organizations and 
I think if we're going to use anything of um, Wyoming's character to our advantage, it, it's got to be the smaller like population size. Even though we live in the most like population dense city of anywhere in Wyoming, it, it kind of still has that small town vibe and energy. And that is a great um, characteristic to latch on to when thinking of the challenges we face and the factors that we have to our advantage. It, it's, it's that ability to really go downtown, you know, pandemic permitting and get a drink and have a conversation with someone and set up that relationship and say, how can we help each other in the respect work that we're doing? So to, to keep a pulse on that and to invite really bright-minded people on here is the thing that um, has got me most jazzed up. Very cool. Hugh, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I can put this quite as eloquently as, as Ken just did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll try my best though. I, uh, for me, I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about the different approaches, the different perspectives that uh, each nonprofit has in the way that they tackle their problems. Because I feel like each nonprofit, even if they have similar missions, has a different perspective and a different approach to a problem. And personally, I'm, I'm real excited to learn more about Equal Justice Wyoming because I'm kind of a neophyte in the legal world. I, I know nothing about the law. Are you, and, are you uh, planning on getting in trouble? Is that what you're saying, Hugh? Remember, Hugh, I, I can only give you legal information, not legal advice. Come back to me in three or four years, and maybe maybe that status will be changed. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I, I may have to make some quick uh, change of plans then. Um, <laughs> we, we, we will see. Um <laughs> Dan, uh, how about you? What are you most excited for with this podcast? No, I, you guys hit the great, the best points of it. You know, it's it's that collaboration. It's about learning learning the way other people look at things and go, oh, maybe maybe that is the better way to do things, or get new ideas on how we're doing things. Right? Um, the old adage, "It takes a village to raise a child," is kind of the the mindset that we need to take and bring people together in my opinion so um yeah that's what i'm excited about that and just highlighting i think it'll be fun to highlight the other nonprofits there you know if people start listening there may there may be a nonprofit that they were not aware of or they weren't aware that a certain business for instance daniel marx does such good things for our community so i think that'll be cool to see as well 100 percent well we've all stated there's things we definitely like about cheyenne downtown daniel marx lots of stuff what one thing about Cheyenne would you change right now if you could? Hmm. Uh, so going into this, I had originally planned to say the the weather, but uh, as it turns out, we're actually having quite a beautiful day here in Cheyenne. It's it's sunny and there's uh, not too much wind, which is usually the problem. So uh, on a day like today, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for an answer here. Uh, Ken, uh, how would you answer this question? What is one thing you would change right now about Cheyenne, if you could? Hmm. I, I, I'm an outsider looking in here. <laughs> but I got to tread carefully uh, with this answer. But if I was going to add um, one thing to Cheyenne, I have to say one thing that grinds my gears is the lack of a grocery store and like immediate downtown within uh, walking distance of 
my apartment. I'm okay going to like the South side to uh, Safeway or going up on Del Range for the Walmart, but to just, to just have something in walking distance where I could grab something without getting um, price gouged for toilet paper, I'd come and go. I mean, that's my own fault, but um, that, that would be real nice. How about you, Dan? So I'm going to change my answer. I'm a, I, I was going to say the wind, mm-hmm. but I'm going to agree with Ken on that one. And there actually used to be a grocery store downtown. Um, it was on like 26th and Pioneer or 26th and Tomes, huh. right? So it was, it was a Safeway. And when we got here, it was just a shell of the building. It was so dilapidated. It, it was obviously hadn't been in use in a long time. So I would agree with you. I want to see something like that closer to for several reasons for my own personal reasons. Cause I'm tired of driving either all the way across town to King supers or to an Albertsons or a Safeway, but also without having, and you mentioned, you touched on this and this is, I think maybe a good idea for another podcast at a later date, but there is a giant food desert in the capital city. Yeah. And it's to your point, Kent, you, you know, and it's, it's really frustrating on several reasons. So I'll, we'll leave it at that and maybe we can discuss that in, in another episode. And so. Right there with you yeah. on that and updating EJ's website lately. I've been reading a lot into the various sub programs that department of family service runs for um, food assistance. So it may be good to spread the word about the options available to people out there. Absolutely. Just the options through the government. And then also, I mean, there's some, there's, I can name three nonprofits right off the top of my head that deals with food insecurity, right? So we'll definitely have to talk a bit more in depth on that. Certainly. And food insecurity is such an important issue. I hope we get to discuss it more in later episodes. But I think that just about wraps up our main discussion for today. And we have been thinking about closing these episodes out with a more lighthearted question to kind of get to know your hosts uh, a little bit more. And this week's question, well, Dan, you came up with it. So why don't you introduce the question for this week? This week's question is, what was the last book you read? Ken? The last book I read, or I guess I'm just at the tail end of reading, is a book called The Future is Faster Than You Think. How Converging Technologies Are Transforming Business, Industries, and Our Lives by Peter H. Um, Diamandis. I hope I didn't butcher that last name. And uh, Stephen Kotler. It's, it's, it's a great quick read. It's kind of like filled with um, factoids, but they, they give you some nice little insight into emerging trends. I myself have been trying to brush up and keep up to date with what's going on in AI, machine learning, robotics in tech, even if it's past my comprehension, just knowing it's there and accepting it and um, becoming more familiar with the ideas, I think is a good exercise. So how about you, Hugh? What's What's been on the docket? Yeah, I guess instead of uh, turning uh, towards the future, I, I've kind of had my eye on the past. So this past week, I just finished reading uh, Charles Dickens, a, a Tale of Two Cities. Um classic yeah yeah I've, i exactly i've i've been exploring the classics this year and this one was on the shelf and i dusted it off and it turns out it's a pretty good book you know <laughs> i mean uh yeah there's a reason people are don't say <laughs> the only dickens i've read is by means of cliff notes so i'll have to take your word for it Hugh. <laughs> well yeah I, I do recommend it but it is very 
kind of the writing style is very difficult to get into. Dickens kind of writes in these long, winding sentences that get a little gnarly. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. the characters, um, the characters are really distinctive, and he does a great job of kind of staging this this tight little drama within the larger action of the French Revolution. So. You know, if you are a history buff, I, I do recommend it. And you like that time period, it, it could be really interesting. I won't give any more spoilers to this uh, 150-year-old book, but, uh, you know, I, I do recommend it. Nice. And, and how about you, Dan? What have you been reading? The last book I read was called The Visible Man by Chuck Klosterman. Uh, Chuck's a great author. He usually writes nonfiction. Now, you know, he's been, he contributes to multiple magazines, but he he's written two fiction books and this one's really interesting. It's, it's a quick read, but it's about, it's told from the for perspective of a, a, a therapist who sees a new person who tells her that he can become invisible. And so he starts sneaking into people's houses to observe them without them knowing it. And so the whole book kind of takes on this theme of who we are in in front of people and who we are when we're not in front of people as two different people. And then there's also the, the theme of her not believing him. He just, so it's, it's a great quick weed. If you haven't read it, it, I I highly recommend it. And then um, I started rereading some of my favorite Christopher Moore books, uh, secondhand souls. And I'm currently reading uh, the lust lizard of melancholy cove. If you haven't checked anything of Christopher Moore's out, if you like zany, funny stuff, definitely check him out. The titles alone will make you laugh. So. All right. And Hugh had mentioned um, Dickens' long, winding sentences, so I will create one of my own. Um, <laughs> after that um, individual question into like a hobby or interest of ours, we're also going to wrap up each week with um, a topical question. And um, for our next episode, we're privileged enough to have um, as our guest the executive director of Habitat for Humanity of Laramie County, Kate Wright, coming on, someone who um, both Dan and Hugh very well. So with that said, I'm curious, um, what is the best type of like um, home or house project you've worked on? And it doesn't really have to be with um, nails or boards or anything that um, stringy or hard, just what's the recent um, addition or like cleaning type thing you did recently that you're pretty proud of? Hmm. Uh, Dan, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so my favorite build project was a habitat project. I had the op- me and Angie had the opportunity in 2016 to do a habitat international build in El Salvador. And so we spent 10 days in El Salvador, spent a week building a home for a family down there and it was just a fantastic experience. Like I'm not usually a very hands-on type of guy, you know, contractors are around because I I have a home, right? <laughs> I'm I'm not a DIY guy, so but it's fun to get out there and build someone else's home. Absolutely. How about you, Hugh? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Dan here, and maybe much to my chagrin, I'm not the most DIY or handy uh, sort of guy, but, you know, I can hold my own when, when called to action. Habitat actually changed locations this past fall, and as part of that move, I painted my new office a nice shade of sky blue. Nothing too fancy, but uh, I was proud of the work, and I think it turned out pretty well. Although my, my favorite moment probably from build has to be this demolition we just did uh, for our new veterans build house. Habitat had acquired 
a lot with a structurally unstable house on it, and it needed to come down. And so while I wasn't directly involved in this, I got to witness a construction crew kind of take a backhoe to this house, and it really came down, and it was a sight to see. And the house that's going to be going up on that demolition site is going to be our first veterans build house going to local Navy veteran Thomas Redding. And at Habitat, we're really excited that that's going on. And we're going to be covering it in future podcast episodes, I'm sure. But for now, Ken, how about you tell us a little bit about your favorite build project that you've been a part of? I'm going to keep it um, service-oriented because I liked your two stories a lot. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show of um, working with Brittany's Hope in Vietnam and at their oldest partner site, which is an orphanage called um, House of Love in um, the Cameron Valley. Uh, they selected a um, single elderly woman in the community whose um, husband for decades had just been um, beating her like black and blue, very unfortunate situation. She was completely isolated in this valley and they were able to reach contact with her and bring in all the materials for a day build. And what we did is about a group of um, 30 students from Elizabethtown College. We brought out like all like the cinder blocks and they had um, drawn out like the frame for the foundation of the home and put those on and packed um, the mud in. And it was just raining like crazy and we were all wearing ponchos. But at the end, um, th this woman like came up to, and the trip consisted of um, a lot of female social work and occupational therapy students. And she went up to each one of them and probably hugged each student for about 15 minutes and was overwhelmed with emotion and crying. So like, like the two of you, not very hands-on yourself guy, but I would go out in the rain with the group of people like that any day of the week. Absolutely. You know, that's, we, we hear a lot from our volunteers at Habitat um, that that's usually one of their favorite parts of volunteering to build the house is meeting the homeowner and getting to know their story. Cause you know, the homeowners building the house right along with the volunteers. So it's very, very moving experiences. And it really opens some eyes, I think too. Exactly. And as we wrap up here, I just want to give a quick plug to our social media accounts. We are Habitat for Humanity of Laramie County on Facebook and at Habitat Cheyenne on Instagram. And Ken, do you want to give us the uh, Equal Justice Wyoming accounts? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be happy to plug those. Um, on Facebook, we are both Equal Justice Wyoming, um, just that name. And then there's also our 501c3 nonprofit attached to it, which is the Equal Justice Wyoming Foundation. If you ever feel moved to donate, do it through that site. And as well, we're on Twitter at Equal Justice Wyo, just the last, uh, the first three letters of Wyoming State's name. All right. And a big thank you to our listeners of this first episode. Our theme music is by Kevin McLeod. And stay tuned next time as we sit down with Kate Wright, Executive Director of Habitat for Humanity of Laramie County. And signing off, I'm Hugh. I'm Ken. And I'm Dan. And we look forward to building a better Cheyenne with you over the course of this podcast. Go out there and make the magic happen, folks. <laughs>